Welcome to Wild and Exposed. Your number one adventure, nature, and outdoor photography podcast. Wild and Exposed is hosted by Mike Morrow, Ron Hayes, Jason Loftus, and Mark Raycroft. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to another episode of Wild and Exposed podcast. Got myself, Ron Hayes, coming to you from Wyoming. Jason Loftus coming to us from a new location out on the East Coast doing some traveling for work out there. Jason, how's New York? Upstate New York is actually really pretty this time of year. Um, weather's perfect. I kind of actually wish I was <laughs> up here to do some photography stuff, but I'm not. But mm-hmm. yeah, no time for that But on this trip. But yeah, upstate New York and it's beautiful up here. What awesome. part of New York are you in? Um, just outside of Rochester. So I'm about, probably about half hour outside of Rochester. I'm flying to Rochester on Friday. <laughs> I'll pass you. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be heading out and I'll be heading in. Exactly. Actually, I'm flying on the 13th, whatever day that is. I don't know if that's Friday. It's Friday or Saturday or something. High five in yeah. the airport. Yep. <laughs> and Michael Morrow coming to us from home. He's been a world traveler as of late. Uh, but you are back in Colorado now. How's how's the journey been? It's a lot of miles and a lot of fun, man. We were just out doing some shoots for some another project I can't talk about, but we were in Minnesota and Wisconsin, so it was a good time out there. But it was cold. It was uh, not as cold as it can get there because it gets a lot colder than it is now. But And there were still pockets of color, like you said, Jason. There was some pretty cool scenes in certain places and then in other places it was just full-on winter looking no snow yet there they haven't had any snow at all yet no nope. just not and i was asking if that was unusual or if that was typical and they said it's pretty typical mm-hmm. but we haven't had any measurable snow here in colorado yet either so yeah we've had two storms but they've been gone almost as fast as they got here almost like spring storms so no winter feeling yet still sleeping with the windows open so it's all good so ron you were here last weekend before i left Mm -hmm. to go on that trip did you have any luck doing what you were doing yeah i went out um there were no mule deer which is kind of what i went down there for Uh, but the mule deer hadn't moved in yet Uh, we saw i think four does and does and fawns that was it uh, but we did find some good whitetail bucks, and and the color was hanging on down there as well. So you guys don't get the the winds that we get that blows everything off. But had had some pretty good luck. I mean, for early rut, you know, decent luck. Got a couple decent images and saw some good bucks. Got to spend some time with my son in the field. That's been a long time, so that was good. But yeah, it it was a good. It was a good early rut trip, but it was definitely right at the beginning. I mean, there was a few white-tailed bucks, young bucks, that uh, they were, you could see them checking the, checking the urn, Fleming response every once in a while. A couple of them sniffing trees, marking trees, making scrapes. So we got a little bit of behavior, but no banger images, just some, some good pre-rut stuff. It was good to get out though. It wouldn't matter what it was. It was good to get out. Yeah, I was actually just gonna say, um, <laughs> it, it seems like the elk rut was only you know well, it was about a month ago for the last time I went out and I was just dying to get out again. So I actually for this last weekend went up and did a quick one day, not even a full day. I did a morning trip up to the Tetons and went up there to try mm. to find some action. Got pretty lucky and hit it hit it right um, and had a good shoot. But oh, for crying out loud! How what did you luck out on this time? <laughs> Just uh, moose, but <laughs> you know Just I have a, I have a friend that calls me Doctor Doolittle because I'm always coming back with something. But Jason's got that market cornered. <laughs> I know. I just drove 1,700 miles, and I only had like 10 minutes, but guess what? I shot a wolf riding a whale. (laughs) Right in Grand Teton National Park. Right, yeah, yeah. That wasn't quite quite that amazing, but yeah, no, it was still, it was worth the trip. I just needed to get out, start going stir crazy, you know, in between shoots, and it's, even just a quick trip like that can just refresh and recharge your batteries, so... Mm-hmm. that's not a quick trip for you how far is that yeah so um 
jumped in the car with Dan Lindhart and myself, a friend of the show, and um, we ran up to ran up there with him and his daughter, and we left about two in the morning and stayed till about two o'clock in the afternoon, and turned around and came home. Got home about six thirty o'clock. Six thirty o'clock. <laughs> got home about six thirty, <laughs> and then uh, had to get ready to you know come on this trip, this work trip here. So, wow. So That's cool. you mentioned Dan. Congratulations to him. Got a couple images in the uh, Wyoming Wildlife cal- annual calendar. In fact, got the cover, I believe, with a grizzly bear shot. And in his biopic, he had two shots in there, so he had two different biopics. But one of them, thanks, Dan, for sporting the Wild and Exposed cap, get some exposure in the uh, in the bio shot on the calendar so but congratulations dan great great shots as always all right we're joined tonight by a young photographer kevin konishek coming to us from castle rock colorado kevin how are you doing good ron it's my first time meeting you but uh, michael and jason have both spent some time shooting with you and and uh, talked very highly of you so we're looking forward to having a good conversation tonight and just get the perspective of, you know, I don't even know what generation it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm 22. So. Are you? Young yeah. guy. So you're about the same age. We've had a couple photographers on that are about the same age. So, Kevin, uh, go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself. How'd you get, how'd you get uh, started with wildlife? So, uh, my grandpa... He, uh, he's a master hunter. He's been doing it his whole life. Um, we would just go out and look for animals when I was a kid. He'd have deer sneak up to his barn all the time, and I'd go up and try to spend time near him and everything. Antelope, we'd go look for sheep. We'd spot goats, everything. I loved it so much, and it took me a long time to discover photography, but when I did, I knew I wanted to go after some animals and get some photos. So, yeah, my my first photo was a sheep right near uh, my grandpa's house. Huh? I, I've always been hooked on mountain animals ever since sheep and goats. So, those are my favorite. So the way I met you, Kevin, was uh, you did a an excursion trip. Tell us a little bit about that trip and what put you on that path. Once you discovered photography. I think Kevin did something, and he'll tell us about it, but he did something that, well, how old were you when you did that? I was, um, I just turned 20. So okay. tell us about that, and think about yourself being 20, and if you would have had the gumption. I can tell you, I probably wouldn't have, <laughs> I would have been too scared, but tell us what you did. Yeah, so I, I had some free time, and... So I decided, um, what actually sparked the idea, I've always wanted to go to Alaska, but what really got me to thinking about it was my dad's boss actually moved there from Alaska and he started talking to him Alaska knowing that I loved it. And, and I was like, you know, I want to go to Alaska. So me and my dad, we, we tore the back seats out of my 2004 Grand Cherokee uh, we just ripped them out and they're never going back in and we built a bed in the back um, and you could flip the bed up and put storage under there. Uh, it was just enough leg room to where my feet would reach up to the console so I, I slept really good and everything but so I, I decided to leave uh, May 14th. I left Colorado went up through Montana and Canada went pretty quick. I was trying to get to Alaska really fast but yeah, when I got up there, I had some really big goals that I wanted to accomplish, a lot of different photos, and uh, I just wanted to spend the whole entire time looking for them, looking for these animals, trying to get what I wanted done there. Um, I lost a lot of weight, actually. I didn't sleep much. I didn't eat a lot. I was out all the time. Uh, I ended up being out there for just about five months. I got back home in the middle of October, and... uh yeah, it was just the most amazing thing ever. You're just sleeping in the car. In Alaska, you can kind of just go wherever you want almost. You have a lot of freedom out there. And so it just became home to me. I'd never felt so at home anywhere else. So. 
Okay, I want to I want to point out the difference between a 22 or a 20 year old at the time, right, and a and a 50 year old. When I say I have a little time, <laughs> I I'm talking, you know, I've got a long weekend. I can go somewhere, <laughs> get some shooting done. You say, well, I had a little time, so I left in May. I got back at the end of October. <laughs> so what did you do for work up there? Did you just did you just have money saved up or did you? Uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually had a really great um, lineman job for a while traveling, and I, I made a lot of money through that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just did things uh pretty cheap you know just sleeping in the car for five months it was amazing and i got to meet up with michael and uh jerry harrod and we spent a lot mm-hmm. of time together they taught me so much i i learned so much on that trip i really looking back i felt like a beginner coming into alaska and when i came out i really felt like i had a lot of experience and i learned a lot for sure. don't forget about mj oh yeah melissa too oh yeah she was fun she always made everything fun and was joking around all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was a great one to have in the group for sure. So when I first met Kevin, he was just like lumbering along down a trail by himself. And I'm like, what's up, buddy? And, you know, <laughs> we're all buddies up there, right? It's all, everybody's friends. And so we kind of hooked up and started from that day forward, just did all kinds of photography um, up above Anchorage. But you actually spent tons of time all over the place. Didn't where tell us about the places that you went to throughout you know, on that trip. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I covered the whole entire state that you can access on the road pretty much. There's only a couple little side highways that I didn't go on. Otherwise I, I hit every single mile of road in Alaska, um, in the mainland and yeah, I started off in Denali. I wanted to try to get some uh, like velvet caribou or uh, like some young uh, moose. I didn't have the best of luck there. I was still like kind of new, it was like just a new place and everything. But then when I went down to the Kenai Peninsula, that's where I went next. Got to spend a lot of time shooting um, animals around the ocean. So I spent a lot of time with otters. I spent a lot of time with sea lions down there. Um, and then I got on, I was waiting for the snow to melt. There's actually too much snow to go look for goats, avalanches going off. So I had to put that on the back burner for a little bit. So I went over and shot some eagles over in Homer. Um, and then I uh, I um, went over into Valdez trying to find some bears. Didn't have much luck there, but had a lot of fun there. Um, got to actually got to find some sea lions and I got my waders on and walked out in the ocean and they one of them swam around me that's something I always remember it was the coolest thing ever got some cool shots there and then I went up uh, around Anchorage for some moose and and then I went back and forth between there and Denali a bunch for certain things that I wanted to do Um, a lot of doll sheep um, always caribou and then from there, the biggest goal, man, I always loved muskox. I thought they were the coolest things. My biggest goal was to go up north all the way to the very top of Alaska and uh, try to find a muskox. And I happened to find one a little further south than where they're supposed to be. And uh, that was really special. It was an old one that just wanted to take it easy. And so, yeah, I spent some time up there, came down to Denali, just kind of all the same stuff that I had been doing earlier. And uh, one of my biggest goals was to get um, mountain goats into La- in Alaska with a glacier in the background. And I was able to get that towards the end of the summer. So We put together a few images always of some of the things that we talk about on the show and throw them in the show notes. So yours is going to have to be about 150, I think. with, And that's just what we've talked about so far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can. Yeah, I got so much stuff. I I had to have Michael teach me a lot of stuff about file management just cuz I had so much stuff. I need to have so. Michael teach me some stuff about file management too. <laughs> yeah. He knows a lot. It's pretty neat. We got him all straightened out. I spent the yeah. last 2 days moving everything because my Lightroom catalog got so big it shut my computer down. Oh my goodness. So, going to move and reimport and move and reimport. It's all organized now. <laughs> yeah. 
Nice. <laughs> so what was the cool. what was the highlight? The highlight, man, it had to be that goat with the glacier in the back, just because that's my favorite animal, and it's something I'd been dreaming about before I got up there. And uh, you know, it took a long, long day. It was about eleven-ish miles, about a three thousand foot climb, and just. I didn't know what to do one day. I just decided to go up the mountain. I was planning on backpacking, but I just said, let's go light and see if I can get something. And I got up there and did it. And yeah, that was my phone case for a while that a goat with the glacier is my favorite. I wanted to look at it every day. So mm-hmm. That's definitely on my highlight, but there, there's a bunch. It's, it's really hard to choose. <laughs> now, is it a, is it a highlight because that was your goal shot or is it a highlight because it was one of the better images you came out with? Well, yeah, definitely both. Uh, that's definitely one of my most favorite ones ever, and it was something I was looking forward to. Um, it just worked out so perfect. I, the way he walked and everything, he was a big billy. It was really pretty. I, I was mm-hmm. really happy about it. It's hard to top a trip like that. What do you do for an encore then when you come back and you're 20 and a half now? Just took five months out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... um yeah so i've just been uh doing just little trips around colorado um i went up after some goats in the snow last weekend and i i got another image that it might top that last goat from alaska uh got just all snow big peaks in the back big fluffy belly big horns the horns are kind of broken at the tips it was kind of unique so yeah just Ever since I left Alaska, I, my drive to get out there has just doubled, and my my execution is like ten times. That literally learned a lot, and I even I've had a little bit of time between now and Alaska where I haven't done much photography, and I've been able to think about every situation I was in, every possible mistake, or every way I could have made something better. Like I'll sit there. I'll sit there anywhere. I don't care where I'm at. I'll sit there and think and replay these things in my head and try to come up with, okay, what would I have done better next time? Like, what should I have done? Oh man, I wish I did this. I'll do that next time. Like really just the whole execution side of things. I'm really trying to piece things together and it's been working out great this summer. I've gotten some of the best images I've ever gotten of some more like unique scenarios i think so i'm really excited to show those to everybody and just yeah ever since alaska my photography has just been a lot better and i'm really more proud of myself with how i've been performing and everything so yeah so so i'm just gonna step in here real quick and just share a little bit i'm gonna share a couple things real quick about kevin one is how i came about how i came across his work and his his page and and then the other is just kind of his mindset when he does photography. Because I don't, I think he's selling himself short in a lot of ways here. So um, the way I met Kevin was I was on Instagram one day, and this was I don't know how many years ago, two or three years ago, Kevin probably. Yeah, I'd say so. And and I see this kid, and I've been kind of following him for a little bit. He's got some cool images, and I'm like, all of a sudden one day there's this story, and I'm kind of watching along and it's kevin and he's down in southern utah and i'm like oh man he's he's in my backyard oh this is kind of cool i'm gonna follow along and see what he's up to so he's up there he's down there at an arch and he's he's got mountaineering gear ropes repelling gear and he's lining up a shot that he has had in his mind and he's literally got the ropes up on this arch and he's set up his camera with remote shutter and he's trying to capture an image of himself in the arch with the sun behind him giving a starburst. Right? Am I right, Kevin? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Um Yeah, that was fun. I remember uh when I got back into town and got service, my mom was like, What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he just went out, had this had this idea in his head of an image he wanted, then he went out and he and he got the image. Now, fast forward, right? I finally got to meet Kevin. I've been able to hang with him a few times, had dinner with him, you know, shot with him a few times, and he's just a great guy. Um, and <laughs> he had a 
and and just another experience that he recently did that I just this thing speaks for him. We always talk on the show about going into the field with a shot in mind. Well, I think a lot of us do. We try to do that, right? I mean, like for the example in the elk rut, I had a few shots in my head that I wanted to try to capture. Um, a lot of it I was relying on, you know, happenstance if I was in the right situation, trying to put myself in the right scenario, obviously. But you may or may not get those shots. Well, Kevin goes out in the field to get a shot, a very specific shot. So, Kevin, I want you to tell him the story about the mountain goat image that you had and what you went through to get that image here recently in Colorado. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I, that's really something I try. I'm a big daydreamer. <laughs> Maybe my attention span isn't the best, but I got some crazy ideas in my head for sure. So, yeah, I had this one this summer, and I've been wanting to try it for a couple summers. And um, in, in the West, you know, there's a lot of wildfires, and what that does is it makes the sun pretty red. And I wanted to take advantage of that, so... And I wanted to add that together with my favorite animal. My favorite place to be is up in the goat country. And uh, so I woke up at, or well, I was awake all night. I pulled a 24-hour. I was at home. I left home at 1, got into the mountains, started hiking at 2.30, um, got up close to 14,000 foot and uh, on top of this one peak and where I've seen goats before. And I had my flashlight, it was all pitch black, got up there around 4 o'clock, and I happened to find these goats in the spot that I happened to see them pretty often, and uh, found them with my flashlight, sat with them for about two hours, waited for that sun to come up, because I, I told my buddy Ben, I was like, hey Ben, I'm going to wake up so early, and I'm going to get this goat with the sun between, this red sun between its horns, first thing in the morning. And so it took me a couple of weeks till I was able to go do it, but I did it. And I got up there and that sun came up. I was waiting for him and it just worked out so perfect. Like everything I dreamed in my head just came true. And uh, yeah, I was so excited just to get down and tell Ben. I was like, hey, I did it. I can't believe it. <laughs> uh, that was That was one of the most fun times I've ever had taking pictures just slowly watching that sun come up and be like wow this is really happening this is what i've been dreaming about for years yeah well and the fact that you knew right where the sun was going to come up and you positioned yourself to wait it out and yeah. then just had the patience to let everything unfold and then we'll have to share that image in the in the show notes because it's it's really an incredible image you got a couple of really neat images from that experience but how many of us on our photography trips go out hoping to get one image Right. I mean, literally like one or two images for the entire trip. And how many of us are willing to hike three hours in the dark with a flashlight to try to find the, the set yourself up for that shot? So anyways, just kudos to Kevin for, you know, having they be in a daydreamer. That's amazing. B having the foresight and the and the willpower to go out and try to make those kind of shots come together. Um, I think that'll set it'll continue to set you apart from other people as you, you know, you chase this down. So kudos yeah. to you. Thank you so much. I, my, my daddy always drilled my head and my whole life is like, do whatever you can do to set yourself apart. So I really, really try to be different. So that's, that's a big thing I really focus on. So looking, Thank you. looking back, I mean, obviously the progress that you've made, but looking back at your trip to Alaska, what's the, what's the biggest do over that you would like to have from that trip? Oh man. Yeah, it's it's amazing how much you can even learn just thinking, you know, thinking back of what you could have done. Um you know, this is kind of a silly thing, but uh it's definitely something I want to consider in the future. Um having a pack raft or some sort of way to cross a river. Um so I was up in the Arctic Circle up in the town uh called Dead Horse or Prudhoe Bay it's where they it's the very top of the road in Alaska where uh they drill for oil and everything up there I spent a couple days up there I wanted to find some muskox and I, I found 26 muskox but they're across it's called the Sag River it's short for a big native word but 
and it looked pretty shallow. I had my chest waders. I was like, I don't know. So I went and I found a police officer there in that little town. And I said, hey, do you think you're going to be able to walk across this river? And he's like, no way. It's the native words um, stood for river with fast current or something like that. So I was like, okay, good thing I talked to this guy. But I was like, I really wish I had a pack raft. I wish I had a little bit more equipment to get myself out there a little better because I could have got right up near those muskox and got some pretty sweet shots but that that's definitely the one I I mentioned this like once a month I I'm like oh my god I wish I had that so bad I think about it all the time but yeah looking back um you know I had a really fun time in Canada too on the way up I you know sometimes I look back and wish I spent some more time in those mountains because those are some pretty unique mountains or, or this part of the world so I definitely want to spend some time in there. So, yeah. Kevin, you and I sat on a river one day up there, and you were really, really disappointed that you weren't making more headway as a photographer because you had these huge dreams. Now you're 20 years old, and what I tried to do is just sit there and say, look, you're 20 years old. Just give it time. Don't give up. Be persistent. Keep improving. Keep shooting. What you're doing right now a fraction of the population could do. If you get good pictures, great. You're having experiences and you're learning and you can bank all of that and put, push it forward. So now looking back on that, have you gotten to, have you got a little bit more patience built in now? And you, do you kind of understand, look, it, it's, this is just something that takes time or are, what, what's your mindset now that it's what, two years later and, and you've got uh, you've had some time to think about it. Yeah, well, and when I when I knew I was going to be on here with you, I knew this was something that I wanted to talk about, even if you didn't bring it up. That was a huge day for me. Just uh, Michael's a huge mentor for me, so Michael taught me not only patience in the field when we're sitting there hours for a moose to wake up and just come get the shot of him, but patience and just the whole scheme of photography and as a career or whatever it turns into being as a kid I just and younger I mean only two years ago but um I realized that I was really young then and like you know it's funny to say that it doesn't seem very long ago but but yeah you really taught me a lot you made me think about things you made me think that instead of worrying about making it big and all these other things, just really focus on dialing your skills and just keep practicing. Don't get upset. And, you know, like I talked about the playing things over in my head, just thinking about the execution. These are the things that I should think about instead of uh, maybe being discouraged that you're not going where you dream of, you know, so that was a huge day for me. We went out to dinner, had a good time. He was there. He was a big mentor for me that whole trip. So it meant a lot to me. Well, I got, I was just a little worried about you. I wanted to set some sort of path, yeah. but you know, not, not temper your excitement. Cause you definitely had that, right? You were there, you were making yeah. it happen, but you were yeah. just so anxious to get so far so fast. And I think it's more, it's better just to spend that time, learn from every experience. And you got some killer stuff, but I was just looking at your Instagram just recently to see if you had the the sun in between the horn shot with the sheep on here and I don't think you do, but just in looking no, at the shots you yeah. looks like you've taken off a lot of the Alaska stuff too, but that your photography's great. I mean, compared to yeah. even 2 years ago. Right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's my feeling. Yeah. I don't know. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Like I said, that drive is there more than ever. That execution is tenfold. Um, just, I feel like I'm really dialing my skills, being smart with things, like even just being more patient. Like I've always been patient with waiting for animals, but even just sticking around longer. Sometimes I look back and I was like, wow, I wish I would have stuck around a little bit longer instead of just going up and getting that shot and going back. You know what I mean? So that's definitely helped improve things a lot. Meeting up with uh, Jason and people, usually I'm always by myself. The first time I ever got to shoot with people was with you and Jerry and that was fun. And then 
since then I hadn't shot with anybody. And then I ran into, um, I ran into Kelly, Kelly's wildlife. And he, uh, he's like, Oh, you're Kevin. Oh, come over Jason. And everybody's over here. Jason and Terry were there and we had a good old time and just shooting with them. I've learned a lot, you know, they, they know a lot about the elk and I had been years since I spent time with the elk. So I got to learn a bunch from them too. Just so much good stuff going on lately and really improving. So what kind really of confidence did you come out of Alaska with? Just cause like I said earlier, I, I don't know that I had that sort of gumption at 20 years old to just take off and go to yeah. Alaska. I, I don't know if it's just the time thing. And you know, with the internet, we know so much more about, places and it's yeah. just a little bit more of a comfort zone but when i was a kid it's yeah. like mm, i have no idea you know you learned about alaska and it's like oh my gosh that is the wild wild west and i just don't yeah. think i could do it on my own but you had to come back with a ton of confidence after that trip oh yeah definitely i think back to when i was a kid and i'd just be walking down a trail and i'd hear a little noise i'd be like oh what was that you know you get scared and now i'm like there was one time I was climbing up a 200 foot cliff, putting my tripod up on the ledge, climbing up after this doll sheep. I'm 50 some miles down the Denali road all by myself. So, uh, yeah, I've definitely improved a lot. Nothing really scares me anymore. So, and I'm really careful of course, but, um, <laughs> yeah, coming out of Alaska with, uh, all the, all the wild animals up there. I mean, I had my bear spray on me all the time. I've, got pretty close to a grizzly that I didn't know was there around the bush, you know, definitely scared me, but I've pushed myself and I've, uh, I'm always safe. I've always come out of everything. Okay. And so, yeah, coming out of Alaska, I felt like I could do a lot more and I definitely, it definitely sparked more, more of those daydreams I get and everything. So, so I've got yeah, the perfect daydreaming shot there. of Kevin when we were, uh, we were waiting on a moose one day and it was still pretty early in the summer, so there's a lot of bugs out. And Kevin is just like, we're, there's nothing to do. When you're waiting on a moose to get up, you know, obviously we're not going to instigate it. You just wait, and it just happens when it happens, right? So we're all just sitting there, and everybody's doing their own thing. Some people are looking at their phone or taking pictures of – it was just four of us. I think it was Kevin and Jerry and Melissa and myself and – you know, maybe taking pictures of flower. I don't know, whatever we were doing. And I look over and Kevin is like, I don't know what, I'm going to have to find the picture and put it in the show notes, but weren't you like trying to swat mosquitoes with grass or, I mean, it's just, Oh yeah. It's so hilarious. Yeah, I took a little tall like, grass and I started trying hitting them. It looked like I was painting something in there <laughs> with a little grass thing. He got a video of me and it looked so silly. <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> the other funny thing about that trip that I remember that you did is, uh, McDonald's was your camp spot. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, mo yeah, mostly uh subway actually in the Denali parking lot. Um, you know, it's pretty wild and nobody really cares too much up there, but, but yeah, just outside of the national park there, they have a bunch of little businesses that are built on some wood stilts. It's kind of old and rustic. They got this dirt parking lot with a ditch going through it kind of. And, uh, yeah, I camped out in front of Subway. Uh, the total for the whole summer, I probably lived in front of that Subway for about a month. <laughs> and uh, the towards the end of the summer, the guy who owned that whole chain of businesses came out on his little golf cart and said, uh, "Hey, man, what you doing here?" And I said, uh, "Well, I'm here in Alaska taking pictures of animals." And yeah, I've been here for about five months. Just spend the whole summer here. He's like, "What? That's crazy, man." Um, just wanted to see what you're up to. And then he took off. He's like, he didn't care that I lived in this parking lot all summer. And, uh, and the neat thing was I, I love Subway, man. I love the <laughs> breakfast. And so the, and what they do is they have this program thing where all these uh, people from foreign countries can come and work at Subway in America for the season. And there were these two Jamaican guys and they were so funny, man. And after uh, like a week or two of being there, they learned what I wanted for breakfast. So I'd wake up. And, this, and, you know, it's so early, the sun's up and it's everything. So, but I, I wake up, I go in the bathroom, use the bathroom. I come out, my sandwich is ready. <laughs> it was so funny. And they did that for me all the time. It was so cool. They were the funniest guys. But, yeah, it was just so cool. I loved in Alaska all the, the freedom you have, the kind of the carefree 
attitude you know the more wildness of it it's just it, it really felt like a place i belonged so hey you know uh real quick we gotta we gotta back up for just a second sorry <laughs> kevin just blew past a couple of things that i know for a fact aren't quite that simple he made a comment about he's always really safe right well yeah yeah mike's shaking his head so <laughs> um we're sitting there at dinner one night um this summer after we were shooting one day and we got, we got talking and we're like, man, how many of you guys have almost like had like a near death experience? You know, like you've really like done something and got real close. And everybody was kind of talking and I'm like, they asked me and I'm like, yeah, I, well, I only had like one time and I told my story, um, you know, and it's, it was one of those stories that really, you know, it, it's an impactful story for, for you personally, right? That kind of a thing. And Kevin's like, yo, what about you, Kevin? And he's like, well, I don't know if I really know any. And he's like, well, but let me tell you about this one time. Oh yeah, this, this happened. And it's like, oh, wow, that's pretty crazy. It's like, oh, and then this other time, you know, this happened. It's like, whoa, dude, that's wow. And he's like, yeah, and I think that, no, no, no. Then there's this other time. So anyways, five stories in, <laughs> Kevin's had like five near-death experiences, and the rest of us have had either one or none. And and then and then you hear him say something like, yeah, no, I'm safe. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Relatively Yeah, speaking. I'm pretty careful, I think. <laughs> I, I call them learning lessons. <laughs> Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> and it hadn't happened in a real long time, too. I've gotten a lot better being careful, for sure. Yeah, like a year and a half, because you're only 22, man. So. <laughs> so I think that was part of that yeah. conversation, too, on the river that day was, you know, because he told me about all those things. And I'm like, dude, you cannot do some of these things. I mean, you know, I think we everybody's been there. You're young and invincible, right? You're just like, ah, you know what, I can nothing's going to get me. I'm not going to get in a car accident. I'm not going to fall off a rock. I'm not going to, you know, and it just is that infin invincibility. And as you get older, you get a little bit more uh, smart, right. About these situations. You're like, mm, I'm not going to take that chance. Or if I take that chance, I'm going to make sure I'm with somebody. And that was one of those things with Kevin. It's like, dude, you need to be calculated about this stuff and not go willy nilly. Like, you know, well, you told me one of your dreams was to photograph the goats in the middle of winter at 14,000 feet yeah. by yourself. Yeah, I'm going to be doing that this winter, yeah. So that's one of those things I think, well, maybe you should have somebody with you on that trip just because of avalanche yeah. and all that jazz. Yeah, I'm. I you know I've taken avalanche courses. I know to stay on ridgelines. I know how to stay out of avalanche danger really well. I, you know, I grew up my whole life skiing, and that's a big reason why I love the mountains so much, and especially up high. So me and my dad, we'd go skiing up high. We'd get in the cliffs, the big steep stuff, and that's where I feel really comfortable. I've done my research. I know how to be safe in avalanche danger or country for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's fast forward a little. Did you have something else, Jason? You said there was a couple of things you wanted to pass, or he passed over. Yeah, I think we need to work on a sponsorship for that trip. We could get it sponsored by Spot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I spot, yeah. Spot things. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I got one of those. Maybe we can that get or Zolio. another one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Let's fast forward a little bit now because I want people to understand yeah. that you are just like a really good example of just starting out gangbusters, getting a little disappointed, um, persevering through that. And, and now you're continuing forward and, and moving up the ladder. Right. So what yeah. are you doing now for work? And then also what, um, kind of camera gear are you using? Are you still using what you had back then? Or are you, have you changed that up at all? Yeah, I'll start with the gear here real quick. Um, I'm, I'm, I got the Nikon D850 partway through my trip in Alaska. I was previously using the D750. Um, so that's really been up in everything too, by the way, is being able to have two cameras with me. I got one on the long lens on the Nikon 200 to 500. And then the, and then I've got a 24 to 120 on the uh, other camera. So being able to have both of those cameras in the field on me has been really helpful so and then i'm trying to get into using flashes too that's something i'm going to start experimenting with here um but yeah gear's been pretty much the same it's been good working for me great but um 
But yeah, I'm here in uh, the front range of Colorado. I, I was an electrician for a while. And then uh, my girlfriend, she's been working at Colorado Parks and Wildlife. And she was telling me about her job. And I was like, oh, you know, that sounds really fun. There were some more benefits to my overall life by having this job. So I uh, just uh, I started last week I'm on the um, hunt plan um, de um, department of Colorado Parks and Wildlife. So, uh, yeah, that's been really fun, too, you know, talking about animals all day, talking about regulations all things outside um i really enjoy it and everybody there's really nice everybody's real uh like-minded there you get a lot of insight on maybe some little secret animal spots like sightings of things and places so that's been really fun too really enjoying it the only thing i'm i'm interested to hear after your first fall how that's been because typically when you know when i was working for the game and fish you're always that's the busy season and that's when you want to be out photographing and, and doing these trips. How has that impacted your ability to get out in the field and photograph? Yeah. So I, I haven't made it through the busy. I kind of started like halfway through hunt, hunting season here in Colorado. Um, I started last Monday actually. So it really hadn't been very long, but I'm loving it so far. The busiest time they say is in the spring when everybody's applying for the draw and um and that you know that's kind of a slow time for big game for sure. I still want to get out up on the mountains and get some snowy goats but um but yeah, that's gonna be the busy time it this the schedule's still five days a week, so I'll get those two day weekends um other than springtime, they're pretty relaxed about you taking some extra days off like i I had planned to take uh, December 2nd and 3rd to go um, photograph some sheep in South Dakota, but I recently learned that they're having a really bad um, pneumonia outbreak, and it's actually really bad, so I don't, I might have to come up with a different plan for I that. I haven't heard for a while, but uh, a couple weeks ago, it was at about 80% mortality. It was yeah, pretty harsh. that's so sad. Yeah. That's like That was really the coolest group of sheep, I think. I really loved spending time with there. Got some great images from there, so that's sad to hear. But, but yeah. Anyway, they're they're. I'm able to take some time off and stuff too, and even just the two day weekends here in the in Colorado. If you plan ahead like I'm doing, and you you've done your research, you know you can make some really good stuff happen. I I even got some of the best goat shots I ever got just running up this mountain, just trying to get up there before the sun was down and I just barely made it happen leaving the house at 12 o'clock so it worked out really good for me it, it, it's perfect I think you know that that balance of having a nice job that I enjoy and being able to do some photography and yeah it's it's, it's going really good for me so far it's the perfect place to be. I mean, a lot of us start out with biology degrees, or I started out working for the Park Service and then transitioned into photography. So just being immersed in that sort of a, just in that culture is, is important. So I think that's a really, really strong move on your part to be in that sort of a job and just be exposed yeah. to wildlife in some way, shape, or form as you progress through your career. I agree with yeah, all that. Definitely. I probably would be more inclined to say I would have kept the job that allowed me to take five months off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that was a transition between jobs. So yeah, it just didn't fit for me. I was, uh, I was going all over the country. Um, yeah, I'm a little picky about staying in the mountains for sure. So they had me in other places and I'd only go home for four days a month. And I had, uh, two of those days were going to the airport. So I didn't really have any time to do what I loved. So I just made a little transition there and found myself some time to go to Alaska. It sounds like his plan's kind of been work for a while, save up some money and then go on some fun, crazy adventure. So, um, you're still young. You're still able because I mean, there's a lot of, there's a big part of me that would like to do that too, you know, work, save some money, go on some big adventure. But I'm at a point in my life where I can't do that until I got some other things, you know, that fall into place. So 
But it, are, do you have any plans for that? I mean, are you saving up some money and you got another kind of a, a you know, a long-term photography type trip in, in mind or what's, what's your next plan? Yeah, I've got a lot of ideas for sure. Not sure if I can make a lot of them happen. Um, I don't really have a plan for what's next yet. I, I know that me and my girlfriend, we are going to go to uh, Florida in August and visit her family and go uh, go have some fun there. Um, so that'll be fun, something really new and different for me, like cause most opposite from high alpine as you can get so <laughs> absolutely fun. is yep but uh yeah I, I could tell you about some big big dreams like crazy dreams i dream about every day you know i i always i always had this uh idea of going to and you, if you guys know darren epp he's out there right now i'm so jealous he's out there in tajikistan after the marco polo sheep and that's my favorite that's my most favorite animal in the whole world they're just unworldly they look like a sheep from outer space like something that doesn't even look like it belongs on earth really they're amazing so i always wanted to see if i could somehow get up there um i don't know how it would work i'd probably need some locals that could help carry some stuff because you're up there like seventeen thousand feet i was gonna you say know. there's eighteen eighteen thousand feet in places yeah it gets pretty crazy and you know when they're rutting it's they're your best chance and that'll be like winter and winter up that high you're talking negatives every day so it's it's definitely a whole different world up there that's a dream just i got so many i could talk to you about it for hours <laughs> well yeah. i'd say don't give up on that stuff because as i look back i mean yeah. there's all those dreams that i had too and i think i was able to make a lot of them happen and it wasn't because i had money and it wasn't because i had you know, a special in or whatever, you just are persistent and you've got to put in the time. You got to, you yeah. got to put in the work. You just, you know, if you, I had a regular job for a lot of years and that was just that, that gave me the money or gave, that gave me the ability to fund some of these other things that I really wanted to do. And then it just slowly transitions into what you really want to do. Yeah. So just stay with it, man. Just, yeah. but don't, don't give up on any of those. Just I, I would write them all down, and maybe you have. Maybe you keep a journal of some sort. But Yeah, I actually um, I have a, a Google Map document, and I have like a, I have a couple hundred goat and sheep spots marked on there. So I do my research, and I definitely keep it written down in a way, kind of. So, But yeah, one thing I know about you, Michael, I really look up to you, man. You've really... You've done a lot. You you learned a lot, and it's really amazing all the things you do and uh, with your business, and you know a lot about cameras, and you've learned a lot. And you know from what you told me, you haven't had a, a lot of people teach you. You've kind of learned a lot of things on your own. So you definitely really inspire me. You make me want to work really hard for what I want. And so, well, I appreciate that. You're on the right track. I mean, that's the big thing is you just got to keep with it and just keep making them happen. I know we kind of asked you what was your favorite you know, image and or experience when you're in Alaska, but what what's your favorite outdoor experience you've had, period? And it doesn't have to be with photography, right? But is there is there one of those outdoor experiences or moments that you can recall? Like, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Oh, that's, a, that's a good question. There's a lot. I'm kind, I'm kind of trying to dig through the, the files here in my head. <laughs> and I've had a lot of uh, wild experiences. Um, man my favorite one's gotta be it had to be in alaska um when i i did a lot of backpacking out there by myself and i i got dropped off in denali and i spotted this ram up the cliff and i got to use my rock climbing skills i love rock climbing too so that's another reason why i like to get up in that crazy stuff but uh um saw this doll sheep honestly thought it was dead it was taking a nap but um he had 50 porcupine quills in his head and i had to run up and down this cliff a few times i actually made camp up above him um just the whole backpacking being out there really far out there by myself just looking for animals but the whole backpacking side taking it further than just what you could do in a day making these multiple day plans 
backpacking, you know, just, yeah, just putting in the extra work making it a really uh, amazing trip. You know, and even if you don't get shots, you had a fun time out there in the wild by yourself. And, yeah, that that's definitely my favorite thing is backpacking, looking for animals. And that's something I, I'm going to be doing more this winter I'm really excited about. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the fact that you have a doll sheep with porcupine quills in his face is pretty pretty unique and pretty cool by me. But it makes you wonder yeah. makes you wonder when you see that image, what was that what was he thinking? <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, I see this porcupine a... over here. I think I'm gonna go give it some shit. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and he broke his horns at three years old too. And uh he, I I'm guessing he was around eleven. So he's getting pretty old. And he, he was all mangy looking, like his coat stayed on like a month longer than any other sheep. And he looked like a real crazy looking thing, but he was a real special one to me just because he was unique. I like that unique stuff. Not always the prettiest animals, but something that's just you never see. So so just for just for the audience, you know, you, you said he broke his horns at three years old. How How can you tell that with sheep? A special thing with sheep. Um, you know, there's the growth rings. You'll see little lines along the horn where uh, every line is, is a year. So, But one special thing about them is typically every sheep around their fourth year, they have a real big, dramatic-looking line. And so if you can find that and it, like, matches up with the years, you can tell that, that sheep, uh, when that sheep was four like on its horn you can tell and so when you look at that fourth ring it broke off just uh a little bit before that so i knew it was around three years old so that's really kind of a neat thing about sheep i think yeah i agree it's it's unique and and goats too if you get to the point where you can age yeah. goats but that's a little bit harder yeah sheep are pretty it's easy. definitely harder yeah 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 sheep are fun well, that kind of leads into what I forgot about. And I think this, again, goes back to that day on the river and Kevin and I were talking. And he's like, you know, I really want to do a book about goats and sheep. And I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah well, that's really cool. That. But here's the deal. You've got to kind of position yourself. You don't want to lose that dream or you don't want to lose that vision or you don't want to squash that goal. But you also got to think about the audience, the audience for photography, for what we do does not have that same zest for the mass audience is what I'm saying. The mass uh, consumer out there, while they'll have an appreciation for sheep and goats, it's not usually like their number one thing. It's usually a bear or it's something cuddly or it's something that's just, uh, you know, big elk that are just very majestic or something like that. So one thing I told Kevin along the way is like, continue to do that, but don't make that, you know, build the content that you want to, to put into that book someday. Never stop that. But as a new photographer, as someone that's just building a business or building a career, you can't let go of all this other stuff. You can't just focus 100% on the sheep and goats because that'll be, that just makes it even harder. If you can get good at wildlife photography as a whole and then know that you've got this other project kind of working its way. Whether that's right or wrong, I'm no expert at any of this, but that's just the perception that I have. What What are you yeah. doing as far as that goes and that conversation we had? When I uh, started off this summer, my first go was uh, for goats, of course. <laughs> and then I was thinking, you know, it's been years since I've gotten elk and people love elk. You know, people use elk in magazines. People put them in calendars. Like it's a, it's definitely the most... Uh, like symbol for for wildlife at least in the west i feel like and so i spent a lot of time out for elk and that's how i ran into jason and all them this summer got to spend a lot of time with them usually i'd be up higher in the mountains like after goats or even in the desert sometimes and i remember one year i skipped a bunch of uh elk rut because i wanted to go get desert sheep rut so skip that i wanted to focus on something i knew people would like i wanted to make a calendar this year i wanted to diversify my big game a little bit more but i do have that that idea with 
animals like goats and sheep that people don't really know so much about because they're a little more tucked away. I want to try to bring them into light, show them in all the seasons, show their whole life. I have an interactive picture that I think people would love um, of this just kid goat. That's what we call young goats or kids. And they uh, he just had like this little tiny little horn. And he went up to mom and just like rubbed his head on her, pulled off this big three foot long strand of wool and you know just images like that I think really touch people's hearts in a way it's just a cute little image and so trying to maybe bring some of these animals you don't see so much into light bringing them to where people can see them and experience them and really fall in love with those animals like I do too so I've been trying to balance both of those for sure and I definitely I think about what you tell me all the time about working on things that a greater audience would enjoy too really just and I feel like I've done really good at balancing the two so that that's my been my goal lately I think if you look at your Instagram feed you can tell that right you can see the that you have expanded into those and then some of those shots that you got in Alaska of of uh you know when you were in Valdez and you got it was the sea lions right yeah. When you got them catching the salmon and, you know, flashing yeah. the salmon. And Kevin is, I don't know, he told me about it, but I think he was out to his neck in the water, weren't you? Yeah, I was up to as high as my chest waders went, so just like up to here on me, just barely. I almost had the water go up and over, too. <laughs> I mean, he was just doing crazy off-the-wall stuff that is just awesome. And then, you know, and he's dealing with tides, but he was getting images that I haven't seen before. You know, so I think once with that zest for let's just do something different and make it happen. I mean, you're going to make it. It just is persistence and time. And the other image is you got one that I really, really want. (laughs) And we went back the day after you got it. I looked at that shot and I'm like, holy smokes. I mean, this guy just killed it. Um, And it was a moose walking away. And it's, you know. Butt pictures are not that great, right? But this butt picture was, it's a butt picture I really want. (laughs) He's just got the sun setting and he's got these antlers that are total velvet and they're just glowing on the edges and it's just this big majestic bull walking away and and Kevin just nailed it. But again, he was just there and he put in the time to get it. So, Yeah, that was special because in Alaska, it's it's real possible, uh, like really more easy to do than down south to uh play with light because that sun will just sit in the sky forever like it'll touch the horizon and just sit there for a long time and yeah that shot was somewhere around 11 o'clock at night so up there in Alaska you know the sun's still up it was right around the solstice pretty close to then and uh yeah that that was really a special thing I I got to play around with light that was a huge goal there too knowing the sun would be up a lot and I love shooting in the sun one thing Michael learned from me is I do not like taking pictures in the clouds and most people do most people don't like that sun but I I don't know I don't know what it is but I just can't do it like I can in the sun so Alaska was special for sure with that sun being up so did you find any stone sheep on the way up and back yes oh man how did I forget this this was like my biggest goal my whole life me and my dad, we would play Cabela's Big Game Hunter 2004 on the GameCube all the time. And that's how I fell in love with a lot of these animals. And ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to get photos of all four North American um, wild sheep. It's called the, the North American Wild Sheep Grand Slam. So I've already gotten Rocky Sheep. That's our state animal here. See them all the time. Um also gotten desert sheep in Colorado, Nevada, Utah. Um, so my biggest goals were to get stone sheep and doll sheep finish off that Grand Slam. And this, I happened to come across some stone sheep when I was in northern British Columbia. Oh my God, you should have saw me when I saw them. I was freaking out. I was uh, I saw them in through the binoculars on the hill and I was like, no way. No way, they're just right there, and I got them, and I was so happy. And then a couple of days later in the Yukon, I got some doll sheep, and man, I finished it off, and I like cried a little bit. That was so huge. <laughs> that was my biggest goal ever. So, them stone sheep are pretty though. I look, I really like them. So. They're super unique, and the yeah, the two thin horn sheep up in Canada and Alaska, uh, yeah. they're both beautiful. Get those long, yeah. 
long winding curls and you know you talked about the marco polo those things you know a, a doll sheep a good doll sheep can get up over 40 inches but a marco polo can get up to 60 and they're almost yeah. the size of like a shetland pony running around up there at eighteen thousand feet yeah they're huge but yeah i i hope you get to do that I know. I hope so too. We'll see if it happens. It will happen. <laughs> it I have no doubt. You are so yeah. young. You're just 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 hang tight. I wouldn't just be surprised to hear it happen next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know that would be great. <laughs> I definitely need to get a little more equipment for that trip, but but it's coming. I hope. Uh, you don't need that much more. What you got, we talk about that 850 all the time. It's still a banger camera, it. and it's still, yeah. while it's heavier than some of the stuff that's out now, it still takes just as good of an image. So yeah. you're still on par with everybody else. Don't worry about that. Uh, last question I have for you. Alrighty. Do you still have your Jeep? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I use the bed all the time. I used it a couple weekends ago when I was out after some goats. So, yeah. That's awesome. Oh yeah, I love that Jeep. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it's it's the coolest Jeep ever. We got I got a little bumper on it in case I run into like a deer or something. It doesn't destroy my car. I got when I was in Alaska, I had a big old like grill thing where the ski racks go, and I had some extra gas and a spare tire up there. And uh, yeah, I got a bed in the back and yeah i could brush my teeth and pee out the door if i wanted to it was my home so <laughs> oh, man. yeah, yeah. it's I, I, mcdonald's or a subway parking lot he didn't have to pee out the door <laughs> yeah that's right yeah i remember we were we were sitting there chatting and he was excited to show me his jeep because uh he knew that you know we do some truck camping and stuff and and he and he and he was proud as punch of it and you should be Cause it's pretty cool the way you guys put that together, and yeah, yeah, you yeah. did it on a budget, and it's nothing wrong with that at all. And I, you know, that's just another reminder to everybody: just, just make it happen, man. I mean, your energy and your drive is contagious, and I'm jealous in so many ways because I know there's things that you will do that I will never do, and it's just the reality of it, you know, because of your drive. So, anyways, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, guys. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been fun. I haven't got to shoot with you in the field, but I look forward to the opportunity to do that. Oh, I look forward to it, too. I, I'm sure there's a lot I could learn from you, too. You seem really knowledgeable, Ron. So. I, he I, knows a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fake it till you make it, Kevin. There's your advice that you're going to get from uh, Ron's our go-to guy for all the stuff equipment-related. He always knows everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can tell he knows this stuff really good. So, right, so do you have any questions for us before we get off this thing? I'm sure I'll always have a question for you. It's hard to come up with one right now. Well, don't worry about it. You can always reach me. You got my phone number. Yeah, I, I really miss hanging out with all you guys. You guys are like my best friends ever. Well, don't worry about it. Well, it'll happen again. Just keep plugging away. Keep after this this work, this job thing, especially with the job you have now and then. Just uh, use those days that you have to get out in the field. I got to say, there's, you know, there's a lot of us older guys or middle-aged guys, whatever you want to call it, that are out there shooting because we've, we've, you know, worked long enough that we're able to, to buy some equipment and get out and have some fun. But the number of young photographers that are out there and just driven, you know, yourself, Isaac Spots, um, Mitch, from creek bed yeah, yeah. you know it's just fun and and so many others i i could sit here and and list people forever there's so many just driven guys just get out there and man i can't think of a, a better way to spend your time sure beats. and gals too i know of a and, few and gals, gals that are for sure they're making yep. it happen too, absolutely so. um you know i i think about kids sitting around looking at their telephones and playing video games and this and that and i I can't think of a better way to spend your time than than what you've been doing, and I, you're definitely, like Mike said, definitely on the right track. And um, you know, I know Jason enjoyed his time in the field with you as well. And yeah, and I'll let you know if you catch me on my phone, 
I'm looking up animals. I'm on the maps. I'm trying to figure this out. This is full time for me. So yeah, I'm mostly excited because I, if we do get to shoot in the field together, I have somebody to carry my stuff yeah. up the hill. <laughs> yeah, I got you, man. I, I need. I, I want to be working out more, so I got you. <laughs> Just know that you have to have carry a lot of food because Kevin has a tendency to head out there without enough food. So I always had extra food. Yeah, I get excited and I just take off sometimes and I forget to grab yeah. food or water. Sometimes. I have that problem <laughs> myself. Me out a couple times. <laughs> I ended up in a spot in Montana that I've never been to, and I thought, you know, surely there's a town close where I can go hit a grocery store up. And I got up there. There was nothing within 60 miles. <laughs> so I, Dang. for two days, people took care of me because I didn't, yeah. I had water. <laughs> that was all I had. Yeah. So, but yeah. Yeah, Michael, happens. he always had some food for oh, me. That definitely helped a lot. <laughs> he's got everything you'll ever need, ever. Yeah, you know, he can't talk about carrying stuff up a hill. You should, his tripod weighs more than my whole backpack. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm learning that more and more and more here lately. Yeah, Yeah, and he bikes up mountains and stuff. He's he's pretty crazy at that stuff. So yeah, well, I'm getting old, so I'm gonna have to have you come along and help out. Yeah, I I need to. You need to get me into to it a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So well, thanks, Kevin. Thanks very much. And again, impressive um, background so far. I love the the fact that you're goal driven and and you achieve those puppies like they're going out of style from the sounds of things and that's that's really impressive to me and a good example for all the young photographers out there that are listening you've been listening to the wild and exposed podcast if you haven't yet please give us a rating and a review and make sure you're subscribed so that you'll get every episode we produce as soon as we drop it and as always thanks for tuning in We're gonna make it someday Nothing's gonna get in our way We will be the biggest band in town Mm -mm. Round and round the world we'll go